Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 7 of season 2 and we are still venturing Asia, Southeast Asia and we are arriving into Indonesia, into the blissful island of Bali and Bali I think since Eat Pray Love, um, the book and the movie as well I think, the movie yeah, Um, wasn't it Julia Roberts, I think it just went Uh, It became a super, super hot spot for people to visit and it's undoubtedly so. It is, oh, just divine, like crystal coloured, you know, water, white sands. Um, It is the epicentre of marine species. So it's part of the uh, coral triangle. So um, the coral there is super, super rich and preserved. It's like immaculate. Um, you also have loads of temples which I visited and um, again like rice fields rice terraces which are just stunning landscapes in general across the island and um, yeah so we'll have a look around the island what I visited and the amazing resort I stayed in like something I've never experienced in my life and one of like like basically people come to this resort literally for the bar the cliff top bar the, the bar is actually on built on the cliff just above the waves so yeah it's incredible it's like this it's like you even have this vip area which is just like it's incredible you know so i've traveled all the different uh ways <laughs> but this was definitely 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 luxury but not too expensive either you know um And then I want to talk a bit about bumblebees and, um, of course, some environmental, environmental and nature bits. Um, So, yeah, so before we get started, just a quick thank you to the patrons who are supporting this podcast every week. And I thank you so, so, so much. If you can support my message and mission of creating um, more education around the planet and how we can better help the species and ourselves and the conservation um, of our of our beautiful honeybee pollinators. Um, I would so appreciate your contribution. And um, yeah, I hope to see you as part of the Patreon community. And um, any sort of contribution is welcome. Price of a coffee or um, however much value you get out of this podcast. Um, so yeah. And leave me a great review. <laughs> that would be fantastic to help it grow. Um, so let's get started, guys. We're arriving into Bali. So arriving into Bali, we were greeted by um, a beautiful uh, transport van uh, for the resort. And um, it was very much kind of a trip that was, well, you know, the accommodation had been booked in advance. So it was more organized than my usual trips where I normally just wing it. So this was a little bit different. Um, and yeah, so arriving up, we got into the transport van and arriving into the resort. I just, I couldn't believe on arrival how, you know, I was greeted. Like, you know, somebody put flowers over my head and greeted me with a, an entry kind of... um. it was a cocktail or something and flowers in the hair it was just so dreamy like you know like paradise um but i stayed at a place called ayana 
Ayana Resort, um, if you ever want to look it up, it's amazing, uh, in an area known as Uluwatu. Um, absolutely stunning. Like, I felt like a queen in there, a queen. Um, so basically, yeah, checked in and just had the most outstanding views of the Indian Ocean and loads of beautiful pools and pools where you could like, um, what are they called? Infinity pools, you know, where you're looking out um, of the pool and you're actually looking out onto the ocean. Just superb, just stunning, just amazing. And then, of course, you know, you have your like coconut drinks and just the most outstanding sunsets. Um, amazing and then the food as well was just superb like even to go all in for you know your food which I did because at the time you know this resort is kind of separated from the town and stuff um, so it did make sense to get the food there but it was just like something so fresh like I remember looking at the tables of all the fruit and they'd be like a table we'll say four meters long and the whole thing was just full of fresh fruit and half the stuff I didn't even know what they were I just saw all this vibrancy and color and it was just yeah delicious amazing um so staying there uh there also was that special bar which I mentioned um the Ayana bar um at Jimbaran Bay and basically like it's just something like like you can't go down there in a in a bikini or shorts or something like it's really really special place that has to be reserved and like you need to wear like proper attire and you have to get like a special lift down to the actual bar because you go down this cliff onto the um, onto the actual yeah where there's a landing space so it's really really special kind of vip kind of stuff um and then you can sit on this like um, circular pod area where there's uh, tables and chairs, very like secretive and your waves are just splashing up onto the rock and you're like sitting there. It just seems so surreal. Um, but like I remember just being roasted out of it. Um, it was just so hot there and especially like caved in by the rock we were so sheltered I remember like I was just like I am roasting and I remember having to go to the bathroom all the time to wash my like get fresh water on my face it was so hot there um but yeah really a well-renowned bar that people fly to from all over the world and um like even the bar itself was you know fabricated by this glass artist you know it's made of special um recycled glass so it's yeah it's it's pretty like you know for people who really I suppose appreciate um high luxury and style you know um so that was that and it was lovely to go there for one evening and experience it but it's not my thing to go every night there you know what I mean um and then other things that would go on in the resort they would be like these hindu um traditions where the women would walk down the pathways with all this most amazing clothes and they would have fruit on their heads and just all sorts and music and i was like oh my god this is amazing so pretty so beautiful and yeah just really really lovely people again um really lovely people um so then um 
one of the days then um, we decided to get a bike and travel up to different temples. Um, one such day we took a bike, uh, like a motorbike, in a local town. And um, I was a bit nervous, to be honest, because when you come out of the resort, you're really going in off the beaten path in Bali. And it's much different from like a five star resort where you're taking care of going out, out into the, you know, where the people live and, and there is poverty there and it's it's hard to sometimes it's hard to digest you know but um yeah it was really fun and it went up to a temple called uh, Tanalot or Puda Tanalot which is like this rocky islet um and then there's like this kind of sea temple on top of it and then at low tide you can walk out to it over the rocks um yeah it was quite a journey up there but it was absolutely beautiful and you can check it up online as well the picture of it it's really how it was built is really you know it's unique in its own way but I remember the tide coming in and I was trying to get pictures next to it on the low tide and I was getting splashed with the water all over the place um but like I had to be really careful on the road because my hair especially I remember being um pulled over by the cops and um they were fining me. They were giving me a fine for nothing in particular, just cause um, they saw my hair and I was a tourist. But we went to like the local town and we parked in an actual designated parking area and they tried to find me there as well. <laughs> like it was crazy. It was crazy. So I had to eventually just um, put my hair into my hat and hide it because they knew I was a tourist they knew I had money and they knew they could get the money from me you know because when I go to these countries like if the police are there like you know you kind of have to just just hand over the money really but to be honest when I was in Central America like like people told me that would happen didn't happen to me at all but maybe now maybe this like because I spoke Spanish maybe it did assist me you know but I seem to have been you know I got out I never had that um really just the time in Mexico with the passport being taken um but in general like I never had that kind of stuff where somebody would stop me and be like fine here's a fine for no reason you know but um and I remember as well with the bikes like we would have to get this um you know the petrol on the road and it would be in these like uh, you know the absolute vodka bottles and I used to be like, is this actually like gasoline or what is it? And like, I used to be thinking, are we, are we pouring vodka into the bike? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like the standards of living. And, you know, because obviously that would, you wouldn't get that here in Ireland. Like you'd be like, what's that? Like there's actual petrol pumps. So you really get to witness, um, how different the standard of living is you know and that was what they were selling on the side of the road for you know petrol obviously there was petrol pumps as well but you know when we were stuck that's all we could get you know um so on another day then uh ventured off to another temple called um Uluwatu and um again it was another kind of cliff top setting and there was also loads of monkeys in the forest where you would walk through to get to the temple and um yeah it was just really lovely but like again the monkeys like 
they weren't very friendly like like don't take out your food because they come after you and yeah I think they just get you know overwhelmed with the tourists and and they know we have food in our backpacks and that but yeah it was a bit um it was a bit yeah you just had to watch out for that because they weren't the most friendliest so this temple in particular is at the southwestern tip of the island um and it basically means Uluwatu is like tip or the very the land's end and the Watu part means rock so it's just like this giant rock um cliff area and then the temple is on top but like it's really famous surf spot so look like you can watch you can see surfers below and loads of people come from Australia there and yeah it's amazing and like the temple has has um kind of this significance for destroying evil spirits and which come from the sea that's what the Balinese people believe and um basically the monkeys then who weren't so kind to the tourist basically they're like the guardians of the temple from all the bad spirits basically and um you can't actually go into it but like only people who are Hindu worshippers can go in um but yeah it's it's an amazing setting for sunsets watching surfers and just the panorama views of the whole ocean is just stunning and then you have like dance performances in the evening as well which are definitely worth a view another really lovely um experience you can do is to visit the rice terraces so as we all know rice is super popular in asia and the terraces there are just so eye appealing like emerald green rice fields and like loads of photographers go there so you know if you if you rent a bike or whatever and you can venture out there it's just so worth it um some of them are way more busier than others um but you can find areas that are super quiet and if you are doing like photography or anything like that like sometimes the locals might like want a donation um so that's just something to think about as well and the landscapes are super lush and yeah they cover like hundreds and hundreds of hectares of rice fields and hillsides and there's just this massive mountain range as well um but yeah definitely worth driving out there parking up and just you know wandering about with your camera and it there is actually a unesco um it's um it's a cooperative out there but it's unesco uh recognized the irrigation system that they have for the water management in the rice fields so that's really good as well um that it's you know united nations um have declared it a site um so yeah definitely definitely worth the visit and you know if you thought the fields were green in ireland like some of those rice terraces are just oh just amazing and it reminds me as well of um when i was in i think it was portugal and they used to have these terraced fields as well i think in morocco they had them as well um but yeah i just find them fascinating because i suppose in ireland it's very like flat or it's hilly it's kind of like rolling hills you know but we don't i haven't seen terraced um crops you know that way so it's really interesting to note that and really 
uh, beautiful for photography and experiencing it. So then on some of the other days, went on a local kind of bus um, provided by the hotel um, to the uh, the beaches nearby. And as I said, like it is part of the coral triangle. So the coral species there are really rich and um, they actually have 500 species of coral, which is more than the whole Caribbean, you know, which is massive. So it truly is renowned globally for its uh, marine uh, biodiversity. Again, in Bali, because it is so ecologically rich, it has, you know, it also has like mangroves and lush forests and seagrass beds. But, you know, because it's so rich in its ecology, it has also become an area that is super high in um like illegal trading of birds um and also you know the felling of the forests um and you know their endangered species um so you know we always look at um like our impact on that and as i always say it's the consumer choices so the big things going on over in indonesia is um you know the orangutans the palm oil plantations which are just consistently growing and growing and growing and getting bigger um so that's the palm oil industry and you know like they've wiped out you know massive areas land in java borneo um and you know they're like those forests are housing like really important primates and other large fauna so it's just um it's very sad um but they do have like conservation projects going on there and you can actually become part of them um and you can actually even study over there as well um but like the fees there are quite big you know quite large but they also have the Javan rhino um, and, of course, the Asian elephant. Um, but again, like the ecosystems are being degraded and like the Javan rhinos are on really low, low population numbers now. Um, I think they definitely have less than 100, you know, so all of these species are really in, um, in need of protection. They actually have one um such bird which is endemic it's a type of starling um but it's critically endangered it's lum its numbers are like less than 50 and again like this is due to human impact so illegal poaching and um yeah they just cage birds and they they trade them globally you know and it's frightening um but yeah but like conservation efforts need to grow and you know awareness needs to grow but being an endemic species it's super important to that country and that ecosystem because it plays a part you know it's like um how one thing is removed from the ecosystem and it all affects each other like the butterfly effect so it's really important that we try to preserve what we have left so I would like to talk a bit about um, the species in Ireland that are facing extinction, um, primi primarily um, the pollinators, because they are really, really, really at the backbone of um, 
our uh, main sustenance, you know, in nature, you know, the pollination services, you know, plants are, as we always say, plants are immobile. So the pollinator is there to transfer the pollen, which is the, you know, it's how they are, how they reproduce, how they make babies, basically, you know, it's a plant's reproduction. Um, so it goes from the male part to the female part, because um, someone was asking me about pollination and I, I think a lot of some of us still, you know, it might be a hard concept to grasp, you know, so that's basically it. It's plant reproduction because um, a plant can't move. Um, I know some plants are self fertile, but majority would need a pollinator to transfer the pollen. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little explanation. Um, so I'm actually signed up, which you can do as well to the all ireland um, pollinator plan and they send out um newsletters which are fantastic so if you haven't signed up um you should because it's really really educative and um really helps me to learn more and grow my yeah awareness and pollinators as well like all the other ones who are working you know not just the honeybee all the bumblebees and the mining bees you know so a third of our bees are facing extinction in Ireland and um, this week they were talking about the great yellow bumblebee which is one of the rarest here and it is endangered but the last time it was spotted was in County Mayo so um, yeah that's something to look out for so this is like the September update um, they were also mentioning the red-tailed carder bee, which is really pretty bee, and um, just another one on like kind of survey list you can look out for. And what I would say is, if you just um, like a good thing to do, you know, mindfulness in nature. We all know about this, is to actually sit down next to some flowering plants, whatever in flower at the moment and spend you can spend like 10 minutes and you can observe how many bees how many insects come and maybe like you could do that the first time like how many come and visit and then like the second time you could actually observe like what kinds and you'll start to notice when you look closer you'll be like oh that one has like red on its you know on its back and that one has like really yellow and that one is black and that one is you know and it gets really really exciting and you can actually fill out these um these flower insect uh counts online um and it's really exciting it is you just spend 10 minutes with like whatever flowering plant you have nearby and you do the observations and then you just fill it in online and it really helps us to know like which um species are thriving and which are maybe more in decline and you know you might even spot like a super rare species you know and if you go onto their website all ireland pollinator plan website you can see um, the visuals on there are fantastic and you can see each bee and how it looks and um then you'll be able to identify it once you see the color and you'll be like oh wow i found this one and it gets it gets really exciting they also mentioned this one bee which is called the violet carpenter bee and it's actually black and it's a solitary bee so as we know, the honeybees are in a collective, they're in a community. 
and the honeybee can't survive without its family but then you have other bees who are actually solitary so they're alone and um, yeah and most are solitary you know most don't have that collective community that's why the honeybee is kind of quite special but this um this black bee um is one to watch out for this month so i'm going to keep my eyes peeled if you see it let me know i would love to know and basically they go into like dead wood so like the nest they have their nest in the wood and then other bees might have their nests in like long grass they might be up um obviously like honeybees can go up into like attics and fascia and chimneys and all sorts of places um but yeah so this bee i'm going to watch out for this one because it's like a black one and it looks really interesting and like different things um i suppose different kind of wildflowers at the moment like wildflowers be seeding so you can actually collect the seed if you wish um and i suppose a good advice is um like leaving things go wild is great because the native flowers just come up you know like a lot of people talk about planting wildflowers but sometimes you just leave it go wild like it'll all just pop up and it'll all pop up what nature needs like i have a section out the back um actually where i have my kale growing and like the ground is there um the soil was bare and like now it's just full of flowers all sorts of well some people would call them weeds but like there's bees all over them all over them and it's just so beautiful because like i have i feel like i have company when i'm doing my weeding i'm like all oh, the bees are here with me um and they're lovely and you know stuff like dandelions daisies buttercups white clover red clover um knapweed um all of these are so important um and there's one more i was trying to think oh yeah willow herbs super super common um so yeah just just have a like a ponder when you're out and just notice the different flowers around and look at them and check if there's bees on them and like sh like share it with your friends tell you know when you're walking along with a friend like observe around you look at the flowers and look and see if there's bees on them and if there's bees on them you know you know they're pulling out nectar which is it's just fascinating and there's actually a section now in the forest um which is really really special and there's just this wildflower growing and um it's a really special spot for me to practice mindfulness and there's just all this wildflower and there's bees everywhere it's just it's so magical so like even if you can find a spot in your garden or a special place that you go to walk like find that spot and like almost make it sacred like that's what i do like it's a special spot for me where i can connect to nature connect to myself and feel grounded you know and then i just observe the bees and i just i feel really safe there and i suppose i'm saying this again to come back to it as always you know the society we've built the pace we've harnessed doesn't suit us as a species like we live in stress mode day in day out and it doesn't serve us so coming back to the pace of nature coming back to the the i suppose not how slow nature is but there are times when we can accelerate and be productive and work hard but like we also need to come back into ourselves and realize that that long term is 
devastating on the body like our bodies can't cope with it so for me nature is critical for grounding and for for de-stressing um and if you are somebody who like some people do choose to numb out and some people don't some people stay present and it's actually much harder when you stay present with those emotions um you know whether you're going into flight or fight whether you're just exhausted from your work whether this whole corona pandemic has driven you insane <laughs> um you know just so many things around it conflicts around it people falling ill just difficulties in family families businesses closing like we all know what went on you know it, it's been a very difficult year or two years you know so harnessing methods to feel grounded and safe are essential to our well-being and you know I talk with my friends I talk with my patrons and you know it's that work-life balance and nature is going to help you you know um it's that disconnection connection it's it's ourselves not recognizing that we are part of the ecosystem and not working against it so it's like familiarizing yourself with like okay the forest is actually part of my lungs like looking at plants looking at trees and seeing them for what they do they they are the oxygen production tank that you need you need it so if you are living in a city if you are living separated from nature you need to get back to it you know if you're any sort like and i can guarantee you you would be feeling some sort of unease because it just doesn't work like that you know you have to have nature close to you to really be in an optimal state of being um and so looking at the lungs the lungs of the world as the, the trees looking at the ocean as our circulatory system so our body is like 70 odd percent water you know the ocean is there for you to balance as well um and i always find with the sea like it's very flowy it's very you know looking at the ocean you feel so calm it's just a breeze you know so i would say come back to the ocean and feel that calm um and i always i always think as well like the ocean is great for clearing the mind and really being clear on decisions so like jumping into the sea and if you're ever indecisive about something or unsure it just totally brings you back to who you are um because sometimes we leave our bodies we we get stressed and we we get caught up in our mind and we believe our mind what it's saying but it's not true a lot of the time what it's making up is not true um so it's about you know letting go of those thoughts and the ocean is just pure bliss for doing that um and then again, looking at the air, the air as our breath. So we breathe in and breathe out all day long without even realizing, you know, like the air is invisible around us, you know, and we need to be thankful that each breath we take, it gives us life, you know, and a simple thank you for that can make, you know, your day start a whole lot better and having the gift of breath and breath is essential for regulating the nervous system and you'll actually notice as well that if you are under stress um, your breathing will be faster it'll be from the chest cavity um, 
uh, you'll just be off balance. But the minute you tune into breath, the diaphragmatic breathing, like allowing it to go down into the stomach, um, into the gut, your second brain, um, everything starts to slow down. Everything feels more peaceful. You know, breathing in for a count, breathing out. Um, there's also a thing you can do like box breathing, which is um, in for four, hold for four and out for four. And that can really help as well to just stabilize you in the moment if you are finding you're having difficult moments. Um, and again, looking at the soil, looking at the earth around us and realizing that the earth is our body. Um, the soil is um, decomposed matter. And um, yeah, it's it's essential that we look at nature and think about all of this that hey we need all of this to survive this isn't separate this is completely part of our body and our breathing and our respiratory system all of it we need all of it um and i don't need to tell you that it's scientifically proven that people close to nature are much happier you know so hugging trees bare feet all of that stuff it all works um so yeah and just actually a little note about fungi as well um they're rec recently published i have these scientific uh magazines that get sent to me by email actually really interesting just like so i stay up to date with kind of new um yeah new things happening in the biodiversity and environmental space but the fungi are now becoming a uh, part of the so you would have always you would have always seen um flora and fauna but now they're identifying that flora fauna fungi three f's this is going to be the new thing because we now realize the importance of fungi in the ecosystem and it's so important um and if you haven't heard about the wood wide web like type it into ecosia and have a look of it because it's absolutely mind-blowing it is fascinating to understand that we have this massive web beneath our feet connecting all the trees and all the plants and all the matter underneath and it's all happening below us and it's just fascinating um so yeah that's really interesting and you know when you look at forests as well how they um transport nutrients um through the root networks under the ground so you have the root networks of the trees but obviously the trees roots don't go that far so again you see the fungi come into play and they will transfer nutrients from one tree to the other which is just everything is helping each other you know and we need to see nature in that in that way that it's helping us and we are helping it like i know we're just part destroying it but you know a tree and a human being like we're both exchanging the chemical components for survival like between the oxygen and the carbon dioxide so you know it's important that we realize that we're working together and that kind of aspect needs to come back into light so guys i suppose um some tips for this week as i just mentioned Try and go out and um, find uh, a flowered area, whether it's in your garden or in the wood, and observe the species of bees that are coming, insects, pollinators, 
and like get curious about it you know take a picture look it up online or you can even like send it to me I would love to see what you're um, observing as well I would really love that or you can fill in the survey on the um, pollinator plan website Um, it's like flower insect um, timed counts so it's like you watch for 10 minutes and see how many species and how many taps etc um and yeah just try that for this week and um i go i guess if like anybody's feeling any bit of stress like go to the ocean jump in i find like lying on my back and doing uh breathing uh concentrate my breathing and the oneness with the ocean is super super powerful and really good for just like centering yourself um also some updates as well on the honeybees um i actually inspected them today i had a look i spotted a wasp inside the beehive and i spotted it being tackled by a honeybee the honeybee actually took it down and pulled it out of the hive so that was just like amazing to witness that i was like go honeybee get that wasp out um because the wasps would be going in like looking for food so well done to the honeybee um so they seem to be working really hard the bees and i'm seeing them on orientation flights so um basically what that means is the bees i suppose some days when it's really bad weather like they won't really be out and about um and then like when babies are born the babies you know when they go through the periods of different um of being a nurse bee and you know they have all different roles within the hive um, but when they get to the point where they'll have to leave the hive, there's a thing called like an orientation flight where it's like their first flight. And there's like a big, a big kind of a thing going on outside the hive because there was like, like, I thought there was like thousands of bees outside the hive. And I was like, oh, my God, I was like, are these bees going to swarm? And I was getting a bit nervous and I was like, no, no, no. Um, so looks like it was probably an orientation flight, meaning the first flight um so really interesting and I was like yay bees and then I spotted the other hive they were doing it then the following two days later so that was really interesting um yeah so the honeybees are doing great um and my book actually um I restocked in Ballymaloo last week so thank you to Ballymaloo and thank you to the customers who purchased it and actually signed copies as well um and Ballymaloo is just an amazing place to visit like you know I, I, go, I go down and I drop more books off and then I always explore the grounds because the trees in there are super old and just oh just the like the lakes in there and the ethos you know organic it's just I love it I really love it and they I also spot their beehives as well driving in so it was really lovely so just a thank you from me to whoever purchased and if you do still want a book um you can order off my website and I will be happy to sign it for you um but yeah so guys uh I hope you enjoyed the episode I hope you enjoyed Bali um you know loads of temples to visit rice terraces for you just like lush photography um and just the most amazing resorts you can stay in with infinity pools and cliff bars and obviously the Balinese massage which is just you can't even compare it maybe Thailand is better but Balinese is amazing as well 
and um yeah just getting to know the people there and the coral reef exploring there you know it's just the coral triangle very 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 special place and as always be very very careful of palm oil in products because again that is one of the biggest threats that indonesia and southeast asia is facing the increasing palm oil plantations okay folks um i'm wishing you all a wonderful evening um give it a like a share um this episode if you've enjoyed it would really help me and don't ever hesitate to contact me um especially let me know what bumblebees or types of bees you see out there and um i wish you all the best for the weekend and the week ahead ciao